Pastor Ray Bentley explains God's vision for establishing His kingdom within and among men. The kingdom, what we now call the church, would come from person to person, from house to house, from town to town. Jesus never denied that there would be a future earthly kingdom, but His emphasis was first the spiritual, first the hearts of men. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Where is the kingdom of heaven? Is it in the clouds? Is it far away in another dimension? Is it right here among us? Is it in our hearts? Those are questions believers often ask as they work through the scriptures. Today, Pastor Ray provides some insight as we continue our study tour through the gospel of Luke. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. I'm gonna go back just a bit. The coming of the kingdom. Jesus is instructing the people about the coming of the kingdom. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, these are the religious leaders, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, there are similarities between Jesus' time and that generation 2,000 years ago and today. He has resurrected a group of people, he has resurrected the Jewish people back to their original homeland. And this has never happened to any other people in human history. It is a fulfillment, a direct fulfillment of God's prophetic word, and we are alive to see it. Uh, a prophecy that is 2,500 years old. We are seeing it come to pass before our very eyes. And of course, there were six million uh, Jews that, that were killed. There were another six million uh, from other nationalities that were also killed, over 12 million people during that horrific time in World War II. But the six million Jews and the story of, of uh, the Nazis and how they wanted to literally destroy the physical existence and presence of every last living Jew from the face of the earth. Now, we are looking back on that and it's not hard for us to realize and especially as believers behind Nazism and what was going on politically, ideologically in Germany the devil was behind that. The devil was trying to destroy the Jewish people. And when did World War II end? They failed, they, but they, you know, boy, they went further than anyone could have ever dreamed or imagined in 1945. When did Israel become, after that Holocaust, where they were almost completely exterminated, when did Israel then become a nation? What year was it? 1948. How many years are there between 1948 and 1945? Three. Is there anything significant to us as believers to the number three? When was Jesus resurrected from the dead? On the third day. 
And literally, you can almost see from Ezekiel's prophecy of a vision full of bones. And he talks about the graves and prophesying to the bones. It's almost a graphic, ancient uh, vision of the Holocaust itself. Can these bones live? God asks Ezekiel. And Ezekiel wisely answered, Lord, you know. If you want them to, they can. And he says, prophesy to the bones. Only God can talk to dead bones. Prophesy unto them and tell them to live and to stand up. And bone came to bone and muscle and tendons and, and flesh, muscle and bone, and stood up before me. And, and we don't even have to guess what it was because God told the prophet Ezekiel, do you see what this is? My son of man, this is the whole house of Israel who will say we are dead and we are old and dry bones, but no, I will cause you to live. God resurrected this nation before the eyes of the whole world. And the whole world is now still wrestling over the issue of Israel and now, you know, what's going on in Israel and Jerusalem and the holy temple and the, the holy, the Temple Mount and all the rest of it. Because the devil was behind that. The devil knows the word of God. He knows prophecy and he gave it his best shot to stop God from bringing the Jewish people together and creating the Jewish nation. And yet unwittingly, as he always does, he fell into God's glorious plan. And you know what God is saying also to the whole world through the resurrection of the nation of Israel? Of Israel. He's saying, hey, world, if I can resurrect my people that almost were exterminated and were holocausted and six million of them died and within three years, after 2,000 years of not having a homeland, I resurrected to them. There's a prophecy that says, can a nation be born in a day? Well, it shall be done, saith the Lord. Guess what? We know the day, May 14th, 1948. Israel became a nation. And God is preaching a sermon to all the nations of the world saying, if I can resurrect a nation from the dead, guess what else I can do? I can resurrect my son from the dead and he did rise from the dead and he is Messiah, Savior, Lord, King of Kings. Bow to him, kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. And let him be the way, the truth, and the life that will lead you into the eternal home that I've prepared for you. Amen? And I get excited when I think about that. It's awesome. Well, because, because of the resurrection of Israel, and then if that wasn't enough to get the people dusting off their Bibles and reading them again, because it had taken so long to happen. I mean, God made this promise and prophecy and then, you know, Jerusalem gets destroyed and the temple gets torn down as Jesus prophesied 70 AD. So they wait 100 years, 200 years, 300 years. There's no Israel and Jews are getting further and further away from Jerusalem, let alone Israel and, and, and scattering around the world. 500 years goes by, 700 years goes by. A thousand years goes by. And finally, at a certain point, the church says, you know, maybe, maybe God didn't literally mean uh, that the Jews all come together. Maybe, maybe it's us. Maybe it's talking about all of us who now, we're the new Israel, and you know, we have kind of replaced them. This is to be, you can't take this literally. It's been a thousand years, 1,500 years. 
16, 1700, 1800 years, 1900 years. And then all of a sudden, 1939, and a wild man named Hitler leads the world into the most horrific thing we have ever seen. You know what Einstein said? He goes, I don't know what World War III will be fought with, but I do know what World War IV will be fought with. It'll be sticks and stones, because that'll be all that's left. We are right now on the other side of World War II, and the nations are aligning themselves, getting prepared for that World War III, which I think will be Armageddon, talked about in Revelation chapter 16. And it's, if you don't know the Lord, it's, it would be terrifying. But our God is an awesome God who has not appointed us unto wrath, but unto deliverance. So because of Israel's rebirth, then in 1967, Jerusalem is recaptured. When they became a nation in 1948, they, they didn't have the eastern half of Jerusalem, which is, you know, where the Mount of Olives is, the eastern gate. 1967 comes, they win. You know, they had five nations that invade, and, and, and so they get into a war with them, and the war is over in six days. On the seventh day, there in front of the, what they call, Wailing Wall, uh, Israeli soldiers, their little Uzi machine guns down on the ground, tears streaming down their eyes, their hands lifted, praising the Lord and calling upon the name of the Lord. It was called a miracle. Did you ever think about this? Do you remember when Israel first went into the promised land and the first place they went to, the city of Jericho? And how long was the battle of Jericho? Six days and on the seventh day, the walls came tumbling down and they entered in. History, we don't have to just study what happened with Joshua and Jericho, but now thousands of years later, God did it again. In six days and on the seventh day, they entered into the place where the temple is and began calling upon the name of the Lord. So that's why all of a sudden, man, pastors and people of faith all are, you know, opening their Bibles, blowing the dust off them and reading again, the scriptures are coming alive. There's a great anticipation of the coming kingdom. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. I thank God for Pastor Ray and his family and the ministry of Maranatha. A big thank you to the Bentley family for sharing Pastor Ray with us for these many years. Although we're sad that he's gone, we know we'll see him again. And we pray for the Bentley family that they would be comforted by the unfathomable peace that can come only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives through the years. If you have a message to share, you can email us, Ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. 2,000 years ago, just as you and I are excited about what's happening in the Middle East, so 2,000 years ago, everybody in the Middle East was excited because of this one guy named Jesus or Yeshua of Nazareth. And there was a great anticipation that the kingdom of God was about to come. Some had thought John the Baptist was going to usher in the kingdom. And everybody was talking about him, a real prophet. 
Not a compromiser and not a guy that was in it for the money or for the show. He didn't even go to with all the rich and powerful people in Jerusalem. He's preaching to, you know, the, the snakes and the owls and the mountains and he's out in the wilderness. Literally, the guy was so on fire, he started preaching to nature. Repent! Mountains bow down and get ready for the coming of the kingdom of God. There was no people around. But then a couple of guys are walking along and they go, hey, there's some guy yelling down by the Jordan River. Let's go see what he's saying. And their hair gets lit on fire and they fall on their face, they repent. They go back to Jerusalem where it's boring, it's compromised, everybody knows it, it's backslidden. And they say, you guys wanna hear a sermon that you haven't heard in your entire life? We haven't heard a prophet like this in 400 years. Go out into the desert near the Jordan River. There's this wild guy, he's preaching. Birds are coming around and, and, and there's mountains that he's preaching to, but man, it was fiery. And so a trickle goes, then hundreds, then thousands. Before you know it, nobody's even hanging out there in Jerusalem. So many of the people left to go down to where John the Baptist was that finally the priest said, well, nobody's here, let's go down and see what's going on. And they show up, John the Baptist looks at them and he was a prophet, you remember what happened, he filled with the Holy Spirit from his youth. You brood of vipers who warn you of the wrath to come, repent, repent. Little spirit of John the Baptist coming over me, man. <laughs> and so some of them did, and some of them did not. But then John is beheaded. But the last thing that everybody, you know, so the hopes are built up and then they're let down. But the last thing that people talk about that he did, hey, do you remember that guy that was walking along the shores? And John the Baptist one day said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the entire world, follow him. And there's a little group following him. And now John, who was a mighty prophet of God, but did you know this? He never performed one miracle. Oh, but he was a prophet. But John did no miracles. How long was John's ministry? Do you know how long John the Baptist's ministry lasted? Six months. In six months without one miracle, but fire coming from his mouth, he did prepare the way for Jesus of Nazareth, who picked up the same message. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come upon you. And now with power and with signs and with wonders, heaven flowing out of his mouth, demons screaming and bowing down, he went for three years. And now the Pharisees who have watched and witnessed and listened for three years, and they cannot deny the miracles, so much so that they go, the only way he could do this is if Beelzebub was with him. And Jesus said, if Satan is divided against his own kingdom, his kingdom will not stand. And be careful of blasphemy. There's a certain sin that cannot be forgiven. Don't attribute what I'm doing to the devil. If God himself is doing it, it means the kingdom has come among you. So now some Pharisees trembling are coming up to him and as he's making his last way to Jerusalem saying, so where is the kingdom then? Okay, prophet, mighty man, miracles, power but Rome is still on our back. Where's the kingdom? When will it come? And again, look at what Jesus said. The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Perhaps this Jesus was the one who would bring the kingdom, but Jesus is telling them the kingdom will come first spiritually. 
then physically. The kingdom was already among them in the person of Jesus Christ. The kingdom, what we now call the church, would come from person to person, from house to house, from village to village, from town to town, from city to city, from region to region, and ultimately from country to country, but it would take time and it would grow exponentially like a little mustard seed until it grew and filled the whole earth. It would not come the way they wanted, with their approval, with a media campaign, or a political announcement. When will the kingdom of God come? Jesus never denied that there would be a future earthly kingdom, but his emphasis was first the spiritual, first the hearts of men, before the deserts blossom as the rose, and before the earth is filled with living waters, and all of the beauty and paradise restored, first the river must flow through the hearts and the minds of men and women. They must be transformed first within, and then the kingdom will manifest itself outwardly. Jesus had been with them literally the king of the kingdom had been with these Pharisees for three years. He was the kingdom, but they couldn't see it. They go, where is it? And it's standing in their midst, right in front of them. All they had to do was worship him, follow him, believe in him, admit what they didn't understand, or the way he came wasn't what they thought it would be. But only those who were humble enough to surrender and to submit their preconceived ideas could know and experience the kingdom the kingdom of God is within you. It can also mean the kingdom is in your midst, but it meant Jesus himself. What Jesus may have been saying in effect was the fact that I am here before you is what is important. You have the Messiah, you have the king. Why do you need to look for something else? It all begins with me and it begins with the king. Now look with me in verses 22 through 32. It says, then he said to his disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here, or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first, but first, so he's talking about the kingdom will come. It will out manifest itself outwardly. It'll be undeniable, everyone will see it. But first, he must suffer many things. Who? The Messiah. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. The one who will sit on David's throne is coming. The lion will lie down with the lamb. They will beat their swords into plowshares, but first the Son of Man will suffer many things and this generation will reject him. And may I say to you that in, in large part, every generation has rejected the Messiah. 
Jesus, this same Jesus for the last 2,000 years has come to every nation and every people and every group witnessing to them through whatever humble preachers there are that will open the Bible and share the word or go onto some little soapbox and stand up and preach the gospel or Billy Graham or now with all the technology and still the nations and the leaders of the world reject him and reject him on and on and on. Every generation for 2,000 years has rejected him except in every generation a remnant, a small, called out, humble, and sanctified people from every nation, every language, every kindred, and every tribe. The moment you follow Jesus is not going to make you, you know, the richest, smartest, most powerful people. There is another alternative that's religious that offers that. But Jesus said they have their reward and they won't have anything left when they get to heaven. But those who have forsaken the power and politics and prestige and the riches and they get nothing, they get no recognition in this life. He goes, they're gonna get everything in the kingdom to come. And all the people that compromised and said, well, I want some acceptance and I want people to like me and I wanna have some money and I wanna be comfortable and I wanna be powerful and I want people to think well of me, they get their kingdom temporarily here and then they lose everything. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and then lose? his soul. So by laying down your life, and I know that many of you, you could have had an easier life. You could have chosen a more powerful life. Some of you had power. Some of you had knowledge. Some of you had the, the, the world bowing down before you. Some of you have come from money. But at some point or another, you saw through it all and you rejected it. And you said, I'm going with the small, humble flock. And, I, and I'm willing, I don't need recognition here. I don't need power here. I don't need money here. I have found everything I need in Jesus Christ. And I'm banking, I'm betting the whole house on him and, and for the eternal promises that he offers. Amen? That's who we have. There are many who still want churches and they want stained glass and they want robes and they want candles and they want incense, and they want spirituality. But they compromise on the Word of God. Choose, and what are you holding on to? And there are some that are holding on to all the outward accoutrements of religion while totally living in such a compromised way that the world says, yeah, these guys, we, we like these guys. These guys, we can hang, you guys are cool. You guys are the real, the real religious people. We, you know, you love everybody and tolerate everything. I'm holding on to the Word of God. I'm not changing one word, not one iota. I'm not adding to it. I'm not taking anything away. I don't even claim to understand it all, but I believe it, and I'm doing the best that I can to live under it. I don't stand over it and judge it uh, as if I know more and better than the prophets of old. I walk humbly with my God, seek to do justice, and I do love mercy. God loves the world and God loves sinners and I am chief among them and so is anybody else who's honest about it. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley talking today about the kingdom and having a kingdom mindset. Good insights from our studies in the Gospel of Luke here on Maranatha Radio. 
Today's study is titled, Thy Kingdom Come, Part 2. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us but we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.